Hi again, and welcome to Be the Victor. Thanks for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I really enjoy teaching all my clients, and that's powerlifting. Now, I know everyone should be powerlifting, but the sport is kind of clouded in some mystery. And remember, guys and gals, I'm not trying to necessarily make you a competitive powerlifter, but today we're going to talk about why you need to do the big three, which are bench, squat, and deadlift. And the simple answer is because it'll change or transform your body and make you a more effective athlete. Now, the goal of powerlifting and the sport of powerlifting is about maximally producing the most amount of strength per your body weight. And in a lot of ways, athletics or strength training for athletics is about doing the same thing. So when we're trying to lift the most amount of weight as a powerlifter, sometimes uh, you know other things can go by the wayside. Athletic performance is only measured when you're doing those lifts on the platform. But as a strength coach, I'm trying to maximize strength for each athlete within the realms of their sport. So again, keeping it simple, I want you to be as strong as an athlete as, as possible without compromising your athletic performance. And that's the trick. So the goal of competitive body uh, powerlifting is to lift the most. And there is some similarities in what we want to do. Why these movements are important is because they're measurable, guys. Uh, easily, they're the first layer of technical competency. I, those are the first simple movements. Not simple. They're incredibly complex. But the first movements I like to teach. And I can measure improvement in strength easily. I currently work with ages 12 to 73. Now that's a wide range. And every single one of those clients that I work with bench, squats, and deadlifts in some way, shape, or form. Today, with today's talk about functional options, you know, it, it sometimes people fail to understand the comparison between functionality and what uh, powerlifting and is that a functional exercise? Well, the reality is that yes, squatting and deadlifting are very functional, and even the bench press is very measurable and has some functionality in our everyday lives, especially to my jiu-jitsu players out there with your back against the floor and you're exploding with a hip, ex hip escape at someone's knee on belly and you're exploding out. There is some functionality there in your bench press, particularly a narrow grip. Uh, more to that uh, to come in a later podcast, jiu-jitsu for strength training for jiu-jitsu guys. So keep, uh, I'll keep you posted when that one's coming. Um, but it's coming real soon, especially since I just finished competing in the Pan Ams and really saw a wide array of strength and conditioning and endurance out there and had a chance to talk with lots of uh, jiu-jitsu players about their current program. Now you can do a lot of different variations of the bench, squat, and deadlift. And that's what we're going to talk about today because the reality is there's a lot of guys that are that are doing these movements or if you're a power lifter, you're doing the classic positions. But there are a lot of wiggle room in how to get around it. Let's say you have a stiff back. Let's say you can't do a uh, what we call a low bar, low bar power squat, which is traditionally what you tend to see um, in a in a powerlifting realm. You don't have to squat or you don't have to conventional deadlift to integrate these key movements and make them effective. And again, like I talked about, it's the measurability that you really want you're after. Because six to eight weeks after you start a training protocol, if you go bench squat or deadlift, um, you should see an increasing amount of force produced. And that's what you want to see as an athlete. And that's why I measure them. That's why I can say that everyone should power lift 
to, to develop strength and conditioning. So let's first start start off talking with the bench press. And I've, <laughs> if anyone that knows me um, knows I bench, I've been bench pressing since I was in sixth grade and I still keep the same bar in my facility and I bench press with that bar since uh, that age um, because I'm quite fond of that bar. The knurling's perfect. So um, bench pressing is incredibly important for me to measure where my strength and conditioning is. And also, I, once I get under the bar um, and I start bench pressing, I... I can kind of tell where my strength strength is for the week. If I'm feeling a little off, I make adjustments to the load. Arguably the most important upper body lift that you learn, along with the push-up. Now, I can probably t- tell you honestly that not a week goes by that I'm not doing some variation of a push-up or some variation of a, of a bench press. Uh, most listeners um, probably know significant amount about what they're doing for this why they're doing these movements. Obviously, the bench press targets the chest, shoulders, uh, triceps, and the stabilizers of the shoulder blades. Um, and even, some would argue, the locking in mechanism of the legs is important in evaluating total body strength. That's why the NFL still uses it as a in the combine. Um, if your shoulders hurt, guys, change the bench press to a dumbbell or find a width in your grip that naturally works. So that's one one way to hack it if your bench press hurts you. There's also no unsaid no rule that says that you have to go all the way down. I have a lot of guys that say I don't bench press it hurts, especially when I get down all the way to my chest. Now first you have to evaluate and go and work on your mobility so that you should be able to bring a unloaded bar to your chest without pain. But in the meantime, you can start paying putting your body under some stress to build some muscle with less range of motion. So I like to use um, simple tricks or like board presses where you use uh, two by fours, lay them up against the chest so that you're touching the two by four or two two by fours uh, to descend down so you're not going so low. Or a simple variation that I use and really what I only use my neck roll for in the in our gym these days is for a little bit of cushion to decrease the range of motion on a bench press, particularly for my long-armed athletes like my basketball players and my water polo players. I use the neck roll because it just takes a half inch and sometimes that can be just enough to take a little irritation off the shoulders. If it hurts to go all the way down, use that neck roll. Um, If you have bad shoulders, really work on some basic uh, chest openers, that's where you lay on your back with the arms held at 90 degrees. If your hands don't sit on the ground when you're in that position, Um, just laying down flat on your back with the arms up, kind of like a scarecrow with the elbows bent, then you can just do it on the floor. But if you're, they land, lay easily down on the floor, you can lay uh, parallel with a foam roller and let the arms hang. And that starts to open up the chest and shoulders. And that starts to decrease the pain of your bench press. Now the holy grail of grip how how wide you should bench press is one and a half times your width of your of your shoulders. Now that can be measured very specifically, but most of my guys naturally find their natural grip somewhere between the power ring, which is that little uh, knurling on that little gap that doesn't have knurling on the bench press, and then the inside mark of your be- of the knurling on the on the bench press. So somewhere between thumbs width distance and uh, pinky on the power ring. Again, this is some subtle variation for each individual, guys. If you have um, excessively long arms, sometimes I get those guys just a little bit wider, but the elbows are low. The bar is brought just below two nipple line or just below nipple line here. 
And also a side note here, guys, if you still have difficulty with your shoulder irritation, I do practice the reverse grip bench press with some people that have a history of shoulder problems. The only issue with that, this is where you hold the bar in a completely opposite grip. It feels a bit precarious. I make sure that you have a spotter when you use this and you're still bringing the bar to chest or nipple line um, with the elbows below the height of the shoulders and this spares the cuff significantly. Um, think about your shoulder blades. That's another thing, guys. If you're having problems with your shoulders, a lot of times the shoulder shoulder blades are not locked down and together. Contrary to a push-up where we have a natural rhythm and movement in your shoulder blades, when you bench press, for the most part, we want to have those shoulders, shoulder blades down and pulled together, and that'll decrease the amount of discomfort that you might send, have in your shoulders. The feet should be placed on the floor flat. Um, I'm not a big fan of excessive power arch, but it just depends on the individual. If I have a lot of people with uh, excessive shoulder discomfort, sometimes I'll prop a little towel under the low back just to make sure they can anchor their shoulder blades just a little bit better, or I'll let them arch, but never the hips coming up off, off the bench press, guys. Save yourself a lot of heartache and keep the feet on the floor, your butt glued to the bench press. Stay tight through your lower body. Keep your chest out, shoulders down, shoulder blades down, and pull together. And we'll go into more detail as my podcast evolves, and I'm going to start taking some guests here so we can go into more detail some of these movements. So as a last resort, guys, if you have trouble with the bench press and nothing's working out, I've done a ton of uh, guinea pig studies on myself and uh, close clients who are having some difficulty with their shoulders. And you can just do lockouts. So you lay on a bench press, extend out, and hold load, hold the weight out at arm's distance. Remember, all we need to do is send a message to your body. Hey, this person has a hard life. We need to lay more muscle down. And that can be done in a number of different ways. You still work on your mobility. And so you're making improvements there. But in the meantime, you can start doing movements that don't bother you. And the lockout is a very easy movement to do. Okay, so that's our, those are my things for bench press. So let's go on to your squat. Now, my favorite squat form to teach is the high bar, high bar back squat. Excuse me. High bar back squat is what you might see uh, more in an Olympic lifting scenario. The low bar back squat where you're carrying the bar, which you see our power lifter traditionally doing a real wide stance. The bar is held low, uh, lower than the trapezius on the upper back. Um, it's kind of precarious to hold it on the rear deltoid or the back of the shoulder, but holding it in that position puts the pressure on the low back and the hips. So guys can really increase their loads and lift a lot more. The problem is for the average athlete or hobbyist, um, I know personally if my hips and low back are sore, my jiu-jitsu just doesn't feel right and it takes me days to recover from soreness. So I prefer to carry the bar high on the upper trapezius, holding on to the bar, stepping under on the back. Elbows are pointed down and this allows me to carry the bar just a little bit different and allows me to get a little more quad involvement. So the high bar back squat is your go-to. I have a lot of individuals who come in and I start teaching squats and I they naturally will get into this powerlifting squat where they feel like the knees shouldn't go past uh, over the ankle. And the reality is depending on your athletics and what your goal is and how much load you're lifting, the knees can go 
any amount forward. If you watch uh, an Olympic lifter um, in the catch phase of a clean, those knees go almost way past past the ball of the foot. So there's no rule that says your your ankle can't flex forward. The reality is a lot of a lot of individuals are very very tight to their lower leg and the ankles can't go forward. Their calves are tight, their lower legs are tight. So I work a lot on the tissue there to allow them to get into the high bar uh, back squat. Find your natural stance, guys. If you were to do a body weight squat in lots of different stances, usually about hips width, narrow or outside Feel where you can go down um, below 90 degrees, what they call ass to grass, real low. And that usually ends up being your sweet spot. I have a lot of individuals who come in and they feel like they want to mimic what they see. But the reality is not everyone's bone structure is built to do a real narrow stance into the whole squat. I want to find what, what feels natural, feels comfortable. And when you find that, you start adding some resistance gradually and you can build up. Always keep good range of motion um, and understand that, that that high bar position is going to get us a little more uh, more quads, hips, and, and low back. But if you want to work on increasing loads, the power stance is probably your best, best bet if you're off season. You can lower the bar instead of carrying it on the upper traps, hold it a little bit on the back of the shoulders, and you'll see some spikes in your, uh, in your ability to lift greater loads. Um, remember the, that usually holding an item in front of your body can be incredibly effective too for the for functionality in sports. I know when I'm engaging uh, in jiu-jitsu and I have a person in front of me or I'm carrying them, I'm picking them up for a takedown, the load is carried in front of my center of gravity. So another variation of squat that I like to do is the front squat. Now the front squat can be very challenging to do for a number of different reasons. Usually it ends up being because of the wrists, forms, uh, elbows and shoulders are very difficult for a lot of people to carry it. So how do I figure this out? How do I hack that? I usually have individuals carry the bar and loosen up the tissue throughout their workout before we get to it. So you rack the bar onto the shoulders with the elbows high, loosen up everything before you start putting load. Um, this is one of few places sometimes I do wear some I do wear some wrist guards for my wrists, but I think in part that's due to the fact that I'm using a lot of grip stabilizers so my wrists, for jiu-jitsu that is, and so my uh, forearms are a little bit tight and I use the wrist guards to start loosening up my wrists and make sure it's not too painful. Then I take them off as I warm up. Another way to do a front squat without classically holding a barbell is to do a goblet squat. Take a nice heavy uh, kettlebell, and I used, talked about this in my kettlebell podcast, you carry the kettlebell high and in front of the body. This is a great way to get a similar impact carrying the weight in front of you, um, but without the limitations of the tissue or the barbell. I do think it's worth the investment in time. If you look looking to gain the most athletic, uh, your, your most athletic version of yourself, practice a front squat. Practice a front squat, guys. It's very, very important. Okay, on to the deadlift. And I know this can get, uh, if you're already powerlifting, you probably haven't heard anything you haven't. You don't already know, guys. But the reality is we're trying to target a lot of people who aren't doing these lifts uh, or are doing them but uh, are just following along. I want to give you guys some information so that you understand how to make that program your own. Squeeze out the most for yourself. Don't do it for someone else. Figure out what motivates you. 
Find out your why is what my wife and I are always telling our clients. Find out why you're working out. And my why these days is said so that I can keep up with my daughters and my wife and my uh, on a, a climb or a, or a big surf or for me and my jiu-jitsu. All right, deadlift. Now, the deadlift is unique because you're picking up a weight from a dead stop versus on a squat or your bench press, you're starting with an eccentric load. You're lowering before you're coming up. So it provides... It, provides a different challenge starting from a dead stop. Uh, the body positions are very important and I have a great webinar on this that I posted for free but real quick the position of the low back is absolutely key. You have to keep a neutral spine. Now neutral is different for everyone. You'll see some people with what I see an excessive arch in their low backs. We want to find a position where you're stacking up your vertebrae, your backbones on top of each other before you lift the bar off the ground. Now, this is what we call bracing. You have to stay tight through the, your low back muscles, stay tight through your chest and shoulders, chest out, your core slightly pulled in as you engage the legs to lift up. What I tend to see is an excessive anterior tilt just so we can we can keep the neutral spine and that ends up creating the opposite effect. You end up compressing the discs on the upper, on the opposite side by pinching one side of the disc. So find a neutral spine. A good way to do that is again, start with really low load and gradually build up. Um, use your phone, use your uh, smartphone. These days, I don't know anyone that doesn't have a smartphone or ask someone in the gym to take some, some video of you so that you can, See what you look like under pressure because again with this with these movements sometimes it can look uh, it can look completely different than what it what it feels like and I use the same thing with my kids I have them uh, video me while I'm working out because oftentimes I'm training alone after hours or before I start working with clients and I feel neutral but I'll video them I'll have them video me that is. And I'll notice that uh, I break my position, so I'll work a little bit on my soft tissue by stretching out the hips, uh, stretching out the hamstrings, opening up my hip flexors. Um, uh, particularly the hip flexors tend to be one of the key ingredients in deadlifting correctly. Do yourself a favor and instead of running around like a jackrabbit between your sets of deadlifts, do a nice lunge stretch and open up the psoas or the hip flexor muscles and you usually see a positive improvement in your deadlift. Um, now, with any of these movements, squat, bench, and deadlift, one of the ways that you can still develop, and I alluded to this a little bit in some of the, um, on the lockout with the bench press, you can do partials and get strong. Some of the strongest humans in the world built up progressive resistance at only partials. Uh, I saw an image, I think it was, um, I can't remember, Hugh Cassidy, um, a gentleman that was looking to to, to get to the point where he was squatting uh, 1,600 pounds. And what he would do is start standing on the floor and have the load w which was attached to two big barrels and the bar was attached to the barrels. And gradually, he would start off with only partial squatting. Well, little by little, he would um, – I'm sorry, he would dig out a hole so that he was going uh, initially only doing a partial squat. And little by little, he would fill in the hole, increasing the range of motion until he got to the desired range of motion and weight that he wanted. Way ahead of his time, but simple yet progressive resistance. Can you get strong with only doing partials? Yes. Should you only stay at partials? 
no. You should always still work full range of motion and work on your mobility. But if you find that you're hitting a sticking point or you have discomfort for some reason or another, you can work partials and build up your strength and mobility over time. So that's my podcast for today, guys, and I'm looking for your feedback to get you guys the, the information that you want. I'm starting to get some following. I really appreciate all the listens. I need some shares. I need some reviews. Um, if you have, if you need any free information, our Nomads with a Purpose website has tons of free stuff. Please come visit us and let us know what you need. Thanks a lot.